Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Flow is very elusive because for someone who has trained themselves and lived in thrival a lot, they think, well, that everything depends on them and they've just got to work their asses off to make any kind of results happen. Flow is where you learn how to make a lot happen with a lot less, how to do more with less, how that actually less is more. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. This is the final episode of our series on the five stages of engagement. In stage four, thrival, people tend to become high achievers and achieve financial success. But in doing so, they generally don't find happiness, unfortunately. In stage five, flow, we transcend success to find ease and fulfillment. What is flow and how do you live there? Keep listening to find out more. I offer weekly member webcasts and teach live courses on clearandopen.com because I believe with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on the show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, click the podcast cover art, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. I'd very much appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's dive in. Well, we've all experienced flow, if even for a moment. The flow state, also called the zone, the flow is a self-transcendent, abiding with reality, effortless effort, and ease that is um, one of the reasons why we love watching professional athletics because, or, or just high-level athletics because people in athletics are, you know, they're generally at the edge of thrival and flow and, and the stars, you know, the, the, uh, the Walter Paytons and the Steph Currys and the Michael Jordans and the whatever, choose your people, those people live in flow or at least they play in it. And we love to watch them be, and I would argue we love to watch these people because we have this sense in us of, yeah, that's how I want to live my life. This kind of effortless effort. Any of you remember Greg Louganis, the uh, diver? I was a springboard diver when I was a kid, so he was one of my heroes. And uh, there's a really cool documentary, uh, actually, about him and how he gave away his power to his coach, uh, and how it wrecked his life, which is really interesting, and how he's rebuilt it with that realization. Really cool. But uh, what was special about him was not just that he was a great diver, but he made it look so easy. And that's what's really beautiful with with um, any uh, athletic feats. It's the people who make it look easy. Uh, musicians too, you know, where they just like you know, look at them like that doesn't look that hard, you know. And then you try it, and you're like, oh my god, I'm a total klutz. Uh, we're, we're drawn to that. Uh, the, when we see stellar performance that looks easy, we like watching that better than a stellar performance that looks really hard, right? That right there is the difference between thrival and flow. 
someone who can produce great results at a great cost and at a great effort, that's thrival. Someone who can do it and makes it look easy, that's flow. And that's what we think is really awesome. We all want that. And we all experience that. It may be as simple as a conversation you're having someone where you just think of the exact right thing to say, or it could be when you're driving, you know, you just pass someone in just the perfect way and you just feel this like, oh, I thought that was going to be really hard, but I was just overcome with this kind of easefulness and I knew exactly what to do. That's flow. Flow is difficult to live in. It finds you here and there. But the reason, there's a lot of reasons why flow is difficult to live in. And one of the reasons is because you can't make it happen. You can't make flow happen. It finds you. It's a kind of grace. Because if you could make it happen, then it would be you doing it. Then it would be effortful. Instead, the governing dynamic of flow is it's a result of usually some kind of practice. You know, your musician practices scales with the hope that one day it will translate into music in some effortless way. You know, I, I play guitar and sometimes I'll spend five minutes just trying to get my pinky to not come up too high off the string, which is a common guitarist issue. And so I'll spend five minutes of concentration making sure my pinky doesn't come off more than a centimeter off the strings. That's a hard, effortful work that I'm hoping will later pay off in a kind of automatic way because pinky coming up off the uh, strings, off the fretboard too high slows you down. So I'm hoping later on that the pinky will just figure it out on its own because I can't be thinking about my pinky when I'm trying to play actual music. Same thing with uh, you know, a basketball player who you know, has to make 50 uh, consecutive free throws before they leave the practice. They're doing that because they're, they're hoping that uh, you know, when they're tired and it's in a game that that just comes through and they make, you know, 90% of their free throws. It's an investment in practice and discipline that with the intention of that, the, the skill will find you or the pattern will find you when you need it, but it's not something you have direct personal will control over. you see, you know, after all the athletes and musicians that we see can operate so effortlessly, how do they get that, get that? through effortful practice, specific kind of practice, through effortful practice so that they're allowing for an effortless moment to happen. So as it may have occurred to you, there's a kind of paradox here because to, because thrival is so much about the investment of personal will and making things happen and owning things and responsibility and taking responsibility for everything to move to flow, you've got to let go of a lot of that in the sense that flow is more about allowing and relaxing some of the extra effort overexertion that you learned in Thrival. And so in, for, in that way, flow is very elusive because for someone who has trained themselves and lived in Thrival a lot, they think, well, that everything depends on them and they've just got to work their asses off to make any kind of results happen. Flow is where you learn how to make a lot happen with a lot less, how to do more with less, how that actually less is more. And um, there's a kind of sacrifice there where you give up some of your own personal will, you give up some of your own 
control and manifestability and you just start to trust life. And that's where in Thrival, you are operating with the assumption that you are the author of life, of your life, which is a good thing. That's because that's the pinnacle of responsibility. In Flow, Flow is where you realize that you're only the co-author of your life and that actually life has guidance for you. And if you follow it, there's deep fulfillment available there. But if you insist on trying to make whatever happen happen, then you may be able to make it happen, but you're going to be miserable. But the co-authoring of flow is where you're in a, a related dance, a, a give and take with life and finding your way through it, learning from it, surrendering to it, and realizing that your deepest levels of fulfillment come from abiding with life itself, allowing its will and your will to commingle. That is flow. So the question I have for you, each of you, what stage do you think you're at generally? If you think you're in a more specific, different phase, what's that? And what do you need to do to get to the next one? If you accept for a moment, just try on the idea that the phases of I always mix the first two up. Crisis, survival, security, thrival, and flow. If you take on the idea for just a moment that these phases are inherent in life, that Joseph just didn't make them up, he discovered them by observing life and seeing that life actually wants people, life, the capital L, wants people to move from one to two, two to three, et cetera, wants people in flow and will subject them to difficulty, challenges, and suffering in order to wake them up out of the phase that they're in to try to get them to the next phase. If you look at life through that lens, does it hold water? Because that's how it looks to me. So while on one hand, I would never impose like so-and-so should be and so-and-so uh, phase. I wouldn't impose that on someone. And I don't think it all has to be done in one life either. Uh, I would never impose that. But if you look at your life in terms of where is there discomfort or suffering and how might that be life trying to get me to wake up and move to the next phase? You know, why is it that possessions and money and the Volvo and all that. Why is that not enough? Why can't we just be happy being secure or even thrival? Why is it that people get to that place and they still want more? What if that's not part of the you know, human condition per se, but a part of life itself? That life is beckoning us to flow because Flow is, is a spiritual kind of state. It's where you're, you're operating in the flow. It's a self-transcendent state. You're more connected to reality, other people, life itself. So that's what I'm very carefully uh, asserting here is that these phases are, this is what life wants from you. And you have your own agency of life. You have your own, you know, 
you can pursue as much money as you want. You can pursue as much security as you want, yada, yada, yada. You can have whatever you want because you have free will. And if it's true that these phases are somehow intrinsic to life, if you decide where you are is where you want to stay, there will be consequences. That's what it looks like to me. Like you can choose not to deal with what happened to you in your childhood. You can choose to stay together with the, in the stagnant marriage that you've been in for 30 years or whatever. You can choose to stay in the job that really doesn't serve you, um, but creates stability. You can continue to live with your ex or whatever it is, whatever it is. You can do that. But notice how you end up paying a price for it. To me, the, those prices, that pain, that discomfort, that's how life says, you can do better. Move on. That's how it looks to me. Yeah, so here's a really useful frame as an example of how you can use this as a frame for a business. So you can say, oh, well, you know, Lisa had a baby and it was eight, eight weeks early and, uh, and Sarah is leaving and this is doing that. But hasn't it been your experience that always something is happening that's creating some kind of low-level crisis in that business? And that's where you shift the focus from, okay, see, because what happens is, okay, oh, the baby came early. Oh, no, what do we do? Oh, Sarah's leaving. Oh, now what do we do? Because all that narrows the focus to how do we deal with this problem? But if you go, hey, wait a minute, seems like every month there's something that is making us narrow our focus and scramble to make things work. Let's widen our focus and see how do we get this business out of survival mode? Because it's always been like this. You see? That's the question that has to be asked for real change to happen. Because if you just get seduced by dealing with the crisis du jour, you know, you'll never deal with the actual underlying issue, which is that the business is in a constant state of survival. And this is the same with every other phase. Some businesses are relentlessly stable and they are, you know, are 1% net profit for the last 10 years, flat revenue. And there's no drama, but nothing ever really changes and they never really grow. That's what a business looks like in security. Businesses that are in full-on crisis for very long, they generally don't last very long at all. They're, they're going to close. And then there can be a business in Thrival. I've worked in businesses in Thrival where everybody's working their ass off and doing amazing things. And then I can't tell you how many times the last time I was an employee where every time we did a, a technology revision, the, whether it was infrastructure or the website or the phone system, because we had remote people, so they were on VIP phones. The, the last three days of the project, there'd be six people who stayed up all night for three nights and all of them got the flu and were working through it. That happened every time. Did they meet the deadline? Yes. Did it happen? Yes. Was it amazing? Yes. And, but it wasn't sustainable. And that's the shadow side of Thrival, where amazing results are happening at too great a cost. Now, a business in flow, that I've not seen. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening and bye for now.